Lester, the Nightfly. On the Pacific Radio Network. Also made available on PRX, the Public Radio Exchange. All hit radio. Every time you pick up the mic, you are broadcasting. Lester the Nightfly? Lester the Nightfly. I'm Lester the Nightfly. Lester the Nightfly. I'm Lester the Nightfly. Hello, Baton Rouge. Won't you turn your radio Hello and welcome to Lester the Nightfly. This is PJ Ewing, your host. I'm here with Joe Saki. Joseph Saki professionally, but he's my buddy Joe now after working together for a little while. Uh, Joe, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad you're here. I will tell everyone that Joe is a finalist in the Giulio Gari Foundation competition that ran in the spring of 2023, that is. And we got to know each other through the concert that happened in the fall of 2023 at this beautiful church. Joe sang beautifully a couple different pieces. And I was lucky enough to be in the rehearsal room the day before to witness the, the hard work, as they say, how the sausage is made behind what you did, Joe. And uh, I'm just glad that we could get a chance to do this because we're going to focus on what you love, tenors, tenor opera arias, and singing and uh, we're going to be a little out of my league, so I'm going to lean on you pretty heavily in this one. <laughs> Before we get started, though, why don't you just do the, hey, everybody, the who is Joe thing to tell us about you. I uh, grew up on a farm in Oregon. And, you know, I always did, uh, you know, theater and choir. And I decided to study music and pursue a, a career in opera. So I got my bachelor's degree in music then moved to New York, got my master's degree in music. And now I've been here for like almost like nine going on 10 years. It sounds so easy the way you describe it. Oh, well, I just decided to go into music and become an opera tenor. What? <laughs> you were the only one in your high school class that did this, right? I started taking voice lessons when I was in high school, really just to like audition for the uh, high school musical. And then I started doing some musical theater competitions. And on the uh, the comments, I would get like, oh, you've got a very classical sound to your voice. We'd love to hear you sing more classical music. And so then I like started exploring classical music more. And I got a different voice teacher. And I started focusing more on opera and art song because I decided that I really wanted to go to college for music. Why? Think back, I, Joe. There was like nothing else I really wanted to do. I mean, I was a pretty angsty teenager. And I mean, the only thing that I was really happy doing was when I was doing music or theater. Mm. It kind of came uh, from the inside. Is there a, a family reason for any of this or? No, I mean, neither of my parents are musicians. My, uh, my dad was a farmer uh, managing our family farm. And my mom, um, she was kind of an amateur musician. Like she could play the piano and guitar and sing, but never pursued it professionally. But it was just something that I, you know, I loved and I wanted to do. Funnily enough, though, my father's brother uh, is a professional tuba player. So huh. he had actually gone to Manhattan School of Music as well. 
long before I did. <laughs> so you ended up in Manhattan. Was that a goal or, or just it sort of worked out that way? If you're into music and theater, then the goal is always kind of New York City. Uh, mm -hmm. So when I was looking for grad schools, um, it was really between New England Conservatory and Manhattan School of Music. And I just really wanted to live in New York. <laughs> sure. I, I understand that completely. I, I moved here for the same reasons. I just needed to be there. I, well, I was in Chicago, pretty big city, feeling like I had a, a grasp of it. And then it was, uh, it was calling me long ago, well before you yeah. Twenty-four hours. Yeah. Yeah, we never been here before. Ah, what can happen to you one day? What do you think you're gonna do? <laughs> New York, New York, a wonderful town. The Bronx is up and the battery's down. The people ride in a hole in the ground. New York, New York, it's a wonderful town. So you're pursuing an opera career in New York City the place to be uh by most accounts what is it like <laughs> man what is what is your 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 week your your life your day i mean how does opera fit into your your world i mean it's quite a hustle especially after grad school where i done like a straight shot of you know high school undergrad grad school so then i had to you know get a job to you know pay the rent and all that and i've mostly been working in restaurants as a server and then as a big voice, you know, dramatic voice, it's taken some time. I, I was, you know, taking voice lessons and for young artist programs, they mostly put on lyric repertoire and they don't usually want dramatic voices, especially a young dramatic voice, which, you know, needs some polishing for that repertoire. So um, my, my mid twenties was like, so, you know, some gigs, but not a lot. And then when I was probably around 28, I started getting some awards and competitions and you know getting cast and stuff and then the pandemic happened and then after the pandemic i've been doing more you know i've covered eric and flying dutchman and i covered uh floristan and fidelio and i ended up going on for all the performances of that show i you know i've got the julio gari i got a, an award from george london and and uh the wagner society of new york so people always told me the dramatic voice you know things don't really start happening till your 30s Right. The maturity of the voice and then it, it kicks into gear. It's, it's so interesting because it's frustrating. You, you know, you have this beautiful instrument and you really have a lovely, lovely oh, thank instrument. You. <laughs> it's, it's, it's glorious. Well, we're going to take a, a walk through Joe's selections here on the radio show today. <laughs> How would you describe this list of, of, of singers? Let's start there. Well, I mean, they're definitely all held in tenors um, and they're ones that I listen to and I, you know, look up to particularly like, uh, James King and John Vickers. And, uh, yeah, I mean, these are all glorious voices. Well, Joe, some of them, I had to go down and convert media files from weird formats. I mean, you really <laughs> sent me into the ether to, to get some of it, which I, I loved, by the way, it was so cool. Can you define that term though? Helden tenor for us? Well, Helden, uh, means heroic. A uh, Helden tenor is the the german version of a dramatic tenor and he and it really comes out of like the music of wagner uh because wagner wrote music for a voice that hadn't really existed yet 
I mean, they were, they were precursors, but, um, but Helen Tenor is really kind of focusing on performing the music of Wagner and other kind of dramatic, uh, German composers like, you know, Fidelio by Beethoven or, um, Die Freischutz, um, mm. by Weber. And dramatic, is that code for powerful? Yeah. Loud, powerful. There still has to be beauty and dynamics, but you can, uh, Sing over a large, loud orchestra and be heard. You've done some recordings. You can't record your voice in a small space, can you? No, it's, it's dramatic voices are kind of hard to record sometimes. You definitely need a larger space, and uh, and it doesn't always capture how how ringy it is, you know, in person. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. We're starting with um, the opera Samson, the composer's handle. This is John Vickers singing. Uh, in short, it's called Total Eclipse. What is this one all about? It's actually an oratorio, but it has been staged as an opera. Oh. Um, and in this aria, uh, Samson, the biblical Samson, it's the same story as Samson and Delilah. Samson has been blinded. So he's um, talking about how he can't see anymore and, you know, how it's, how it's affecting him. And John Vickers, as we listen to this together, I think many of us, for the first time in our lives, Joe, because of you, so cool. Um, what are we? What are we listening for in John Vickers' voice? John Vickers is actually a great example of somebody who has a huge, ginormous, loud voice, but he's not always singing loud. So um, that's something to listen for. Yeah, just kind of like the quality of a of a Heldon voice is. Um, Sometimes it's the edges are a little bit rougher, but still beautiful in its own way. Mm.
That was John Vickers from the Oratorio. Thank you for correcting me, Joe. From Handel, it's called Samson. It was performed at the Met as an opera. And that's mm-hmm. kind of, uh, that's why I can offer it as an opera aria when yeah. I'm like, well, the Met, did, the Met staged it <laughs> mm-hmm. with John Vickers. Quick interlude on you and singing. How about leader? Have you gone down the path of German Lieder or art song much? I love German Lieder and I love art song. Unfortunately, there's not a whole, there's not a huge financial incentive to like work on it a lot. Right. <laughs> unless, unless, you know, you get, you get plugged in. I've been really wanting to learn Dichteliebe this year and present it in a recital. Just do it for myself and put on a recital. So, I mean, I love song. I'd love to do more of it. Um, so let's move on. Let's go to, uh, shoot, I'm going to really brutalize these things. You got to fix it for me, man. <laughs> Gott, Gott, is it Gott welk dunkel air? How do you say that? Uh, Gott welk dunkel hier. Ah, shoot. God, what darkness here. I like that. I can do that. This is from Fidelio, <laughs> Beethoven. Yes. And I've never heard of, is it Rene Collo, the singer? Yeah, Rene Collo. Who? Who is this? Um, he's a German Helden tenor. And uh, when I was, I mean, particularly for this recording, I covered um, Florestan at St. Petersburg Opera. And like I said, I ended up having to go on for all the performances. But this was the, this was the I listened to many recordings of this aria. Um, but this is one that I, I gravitated towards the most. Um, just because I think he does a lot of 
interesting dynamic things. And since he is a native German speaker, I can like really uh, listen to his German and rely on it more.
kalten Luft und ist nicht mein Grab mir erhellt. Ich sehe wie ein Engel in rosigen Duft, ich trösten zur Seite, zur Seite mir stellt. Ein Engel, Leonore, Leonore, der Gott ihn so gleich, er, er führte mich zur Freiheit, Ich finde sanft säuselnde Luft. Ich sehe wie ein Engel in rosigen Duft. Ein Engel, ein Engel, sich grüßend zur Seite mir stellt. Ein Engel, Leonoren, Leonoren, der Gattin so gleich. Der, der, der mich zur Freiheit, zur Freiheit, Moving on. Uh, yeah. Sigmund Heisig. Oh, good God. Help me. Sigmund Heisig. Uh, Sigmund Heisig. This is Wagner. Die Valkyrie. Yes. Tell us about James King, if you can. James King is like a very uh, a very famous Helden tenor. He, uh, he started out as a baritone, which is not an uncommon track for a Helden tenor, for a baritone who moves up to a Helden tenor. Uh was that, I mean, like, you know, they sing higher than they would, would have as a baritone. Was that ever a chance for you? Do you have a, a lower register that could adopt, adapt? You know, I've always been a tenor. Like, I mean, since middle school choir, I've been a tenor. I mean, yeah, I've met, you know, in the bar- in the, uh, the Helen tenors that I've, you know, uh, researched and the ones that I've met. Some of them have started out as baritones and became Helen tenors. But some of them have always been a tenor. And mm. I think you can kind of tell because, like, the ones who were baritones before have like a little bit of a little bit more darkness and heaviness and the ones who were always tenors they've got a slightly lighter timbre but you know and maybe the top is easier so it's kind of a trade-off but it, but see. the goal is you both have to have that power right and and how do you typify james king then i mean he's just uh got a powerful voice um particularly the low uh, because he was a baritone before, and um, Sigmund is almost a baritone role. <laughs> uh, and he's just got a, a beautiful voice, as far as like as held in tenors go. Enough! 
gorgeous. Gorgeous, gorgeous. How often do you get to the Metropolitan Opera to see stuff? I actually go several times a year. I've seen I've seen quite a few operas this year. I saw um Malcolm X. I just saw X and I saw Dead Man Walking. Um I do love contemporary opera, so you can see a trend here. I want to see what's new. Right. Um and I just recently saw Bohem. Ah, uh, yeah. I'm there as often as possible. Sometimes it's weekly, uh, but I'm at least every couple of weeks. I just saw Florencia, for instance. Oh, and, I really want to see that. You have to. You must see it. And also, uh, they do the broadcast in theaters. I haven't done that, but I'm going to take my 13-year-old to a theater to see Florencia a second time, to see it in the theater cool. setting. Very fun. I got, I got to see Florencia several years back at New York City Opera, and I, I loved it. It's like Spanish Puccini. Yes, well described. It's lush and gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, I, although I, I heard a little Debussy when I was listening. I oh, yeah. So yeah. sweeping. All right, we're moving on. Um, is it Tiefland? Yeah, Tiefland. Tiefland by Dalbert? Yep, yep. Man, this is not a big opera. This is a bit of an obscure one, correct? It is. It is. I mean, well, certainly it doesn't get done too much in the U.S., um, but a few years ago, I was a apprentice artist at, uh, Sarasota opera, right. You know, right down the street from St. Petersburg opera. Right. And, um, and they assigned me this scene from this opera I had never heard of. And, uh, so I, I mean, I, I did this duet, um, and I just loved it. It's, uh, I mean, obviously Dalbert was, was uh, inspired by by uh, composers like Wagner, and um, he's actually uh, a Scottish composer who you know, who moved to Germany and ended up, you know, mostly having his career in Germany. Um, but this opera, it's 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 weird but cool, and yeah, I, I hope I get to do it one day. I mean, if not in the U.S., maybe over on the other side of the pond.
Nein, nein, nicht hier. Wir wollen ihn noch hinauf in die Berge. Wow, it's it's. I really really enjoyed the music. It's Johan. Is it Bota? Bota? Yeah, I think Bota. Okay. Um, another Helden tenor. I don't know too much about his personal life, but I mean, he he pops up, and I and I listen to him quite often. I see. Uh, South African operatic tenor. Uh, right. He passed away in 2016. Yeah. Oh, this is tragic. Uh, he was born in in sixty five. I was born in sixty five. Isn't yeah. that terrible? Yeah. Uh, what a voice. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful voice. There's, I, I mean, he he's there's recordings of him. There's an Atello of him at the Met, which I which I was watching some of that recording when I was preparing for the Julio Gari concert. Uh, um, yeah, he's got a beautiful voice. Wow. And he was singing with Renee Fleming in that production. <laughs> oh, man, oh man. Well, I need to learn more about the, his passing. That's that's really sad. Um, while, the, while we're on it, tell me about the the competitions and the competition at Gari and what that experience was like. Um, it was in the spring of 2023. How did that all play out for you? Competitions are 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 nice because because you're not they're they're not necessarily looking for anything specific. Like when when you're auditioning for an opera company, they're looking for. A certain you know certain voice type for a certain role or they want someone to look a certain way and with competitions you just show up and you sing what you sing best one of my like best arias lately has been this aria from dear fry shoots and uh, it's gotten me I've, I've gotten some a lot of uh good feedback from it Für welcher Schuld muss ich 
called back to the finals which was which was amazing and then i sang in the finals and i sang the same aria again this one of some advice that my voice teacher has given me is like is you know if you sing something and it gets you on to the next on to the next round and it's your best piece you should just sing the same thing again because that's what got you there durch die Welte, durch die They asked me to learn the love duet from Otello, which I got to sing with Amanda Batista, and I, I had so much fun. Uh, I don't, I you know, I've mostly been focusing on German and English repertoire to, to get to sing Italian repertoire that actually fit my voice really well was a great experience. So we move on to Puccini, Turandò, although I would I call the Turandot. All my young life, I don't know. My my father said Turandot, and so it's stuck in my head. Oh, there's a debate. Some people say it's Turandot. Some people say it's Turando. Oh, good. <laughs> I didn't know that. I thought it was a closed case. It's good to know. So tell us about Franco Corelli and then this this piece, Non Piangere Liu. Um, I'm covering Caliph in Turandot at St. Petersburg Opera. And uh, Franco Corelli is, is my favorite Italian tenor. Um, and I mean, he's just got such a powerful voice. I mean, I love the recording of him doing Di Quella Pira from, uh, from Trovatore and his, his, uh, Nessun Dorma is perfect. And, uh, I just chose this aria from Turandot because it's, it's lesser known than his, uh, Nessun Dorma. And I thought, let's listen to an aria from turned out that people don't know as well. <laughs> and thank you. We've heard Nessun Dorma a few too many times. <laughs> and it's beautiful and it's got a, you know, it's got a special place in our hearts. But uh this aria is also beautiful. 
Yeah. Um, and he's, you know, he's decided he's going to uh, ring the gong and, you know, put his hand in for the, for the trials of the riddles to try and marry Turandot and Liu, who's been a caretaker for his father, uh, you know, his father and Liu are saying, don't do it. You're going to die. And he's like, don't worry. Don't cry. Hmm. I got this. You got this. <laughs> Whatever opera I'm working on at the moment is typically okay. my favorite opera. Right. Because I'm obsessed like, you over know, it. I'm obsessed over it. I love uh, Pagliacci. That's one of my favorites. Cat like Cab Pag. Sure. I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with that one. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you get two for the price of one. That works. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's kind of cheating. Rusticana. Kinda, I know. Kinda, I kinda know. Cheating. Kind of cheating. <laughs> I my answer is you know it's a little bit off the cuff because I'm I'm with you I you know fell fall in love with them as as I hear them live for sure uh, but I would say that it's um, uh, Richard Strauss de Rosenkavalier is is something that I just always love I always open the opera shows that I do with the the opening of the opera and that that triumphant trumpet music and and brass. And that brings us to a conclusion with our first of two episodes with Joe Saki, a tenor, a Heldon tenor in New York City. Visit us next week. We will continue and conclude the conversation. It's going to be fun. We're going to go into some interesting corners with Joe. 
Lots of fun here on Lester the Nightfly. Love your feedback. If you ever have anything to say, it's pjdj at lesterthenightfly.com. See you next week. This has been a PJDJ production. 